It's week one for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we're here to break it all down here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We've got Ray Fittipaldo, one of our esteemed Steelers beat writers, here with us, and we're going to get you ready talking about, is this Steelers offense ready for the Niners defense, specifically Kenny Pickett, Matt Canada, and what we saw in the preseason matching up with one of the better defenses in the NFL. All that and more here on the Monday edition of the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive Podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Ray Fittipaldo. We're both of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. You can find all our content at post-gazette.com. You can find this show Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Just search uh, Post-Gazette you, you, YouTube Sports or po- or just search Post-Gazette Sports uh, or the North Shore Drive Podcast. You'll find this either way. We also produce daily content from the Post-Gazette uh, here on YouTube and on your audio platforms, wherever you get your podcasts. But it's week one, Ray. We can finally start getting ready for actual games that will count, that will matter, and we'll, and I think that the Steelers lead off with a really exciting one. We want to remind you, though, this show is brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. You can find it right in the North Shore across from PNC Park, where they have over 20 televisions to catch all your NFL, college football, Pirates, Penguins, Riverhounds, Premier League action, any sport that you want to get in with. Mike's probably got on the two right there. And along with those TVs, you get over 500 different available beers, 300 of them being local beers, and 80 of those being local craft beers available on tap right in front of you. You can also try out a great amount of different flights there to get all the different samplings of the beer they had. Trust me, I do it all the time. It's an amazing experience. Go to Mike's Beer Bar. Ray, let's talk about the big matchup that's coming up that's coming up week one the Steelers have had quite a few big matchups they had the Bengals last year for to, to open the season they had the Bills the, the year before the year before that and those were all away it's the first time since 2014 it's a it's an open one but but this time they get one of the bigger defenses in the NFL the last couple of years has been some of the bigger offenses that they've opened up against and a lot a big topic all offseason and during preseason was how ready would Kenny Pickett be in Matt Canada's offense for this year, he had as good of a preseason as you could ask of him. Five drives, five touchdowns, looked sharp, perfect passer rating. But is he ready to face a 49ers defense that boasts a bunch of stars, a bunch of talent, and has had a lot of success over the past few years? Yeah, I mean, this is a great first test for the Steelers, Chris. I mean, if you look back on the stats from the 2022 season, it's kind of a mismatch on paper. I mean, the San Francisco number one defense in points allowed, number one defense um, in yards allowed last season. Then you look at the Steelers, you know, they're down pretty much in every offensive category, points scored 25th or lower, um, you know, passing yards 25th or lower. Um, But when you put it in the context of the 2023 preseason, I don't know that there was a better offense um, in the NFL this summer. You look at Kenny Pickett's numbers, just two incompletions all summer, two touchdowns, no interceptions. And, of course, the big stat that everyone cares about, five drives, five touchdowns. So I know we're going to get into Nick Bosa later in the show. Um, his availability is to be determined. But even without Bosa, Chris, Fred Warner, one of the best off-ball linebackers in the NFL, Hufanga, one of the best safeties in the NFL, will get some great safety play this week between 
him and Minka Fitzpatrick. So it's shaping up as a really good game, I think, and it's a great first test for the Steelers' offense. I, I agree because this Steelers offense wants to do several things. They don't just want to throw the ball. They want to run the ball. They want to have balanced play, and they want to be able to take advantage of defenses. And it, it, here's the thing, Ray. If they set a tone against this defense, it strikes a chord. Like, everyone's kind of talking about the Steelers right now, right? Like, they, we've now seen the national media kind of being like, oh, our favorite dark horse is the Pittsburgh Steelers. They might catch people by surprise. It won't be as much of a surprise if they drop, like, 30 points on the Niners. Not that I'm saying that they will. But if right. this offense were to explode and have that a, a great week one, everyone might be turning their heads and being like, wait a minute, what what was that? Because the last two times the Steelers have beat, have won in the opening week, you had last year when they forced five turnovers from the Cincinnati Bengals. And then the yeah. year before that, the defense utterly shut down Josh Allen in, in his house. It's been the defense that's been dominant. If the offense were to have a huge day to start things off, I, I think that would be ringing some alarm bells across the league. Yeah, absolutely. This is uh, a really good opportunity for the Steelers to get on the radar uh, nationally. I know they're there in the preseason. I know there's been a lot of talk about them. They're a little bit of a dark horse contender in the AFC. You know, people kind of want to put them in there among the top seven playoff contenders. And, uh, you know, I'm almost there. I, you know, I think the Steelers can be one of those teams this year. And we're not going to put a ton of stock into the first game. I mean, listen, it's one game out of 17. If the offense struggles, it's not necessarily going to mean this offense is going to struggle all season. But to your point, if they can go out there and do to the 49ers what they did to the Bills, to the Buccaneers, to the Falcons, then, yeah, a lot of people are going to be hopping on the Steelers' offensive bandwagon for sure. And a lot of this is going to be about Kenny Pickett as much as we'll get to the, I want to get to the offensive line specifically in the next segment, because that's going to be a huge matchup for, for, for this team. But Kenny Pickett showed the ability to read the field, to deal with pressure, to throw the ball on time, to throw the ball accurately, and to know how to, how to get the ball to different, to, in different ways to his different targets. We saw the jump ball he gave to George Pickens. We saw the perfect placement he gave to Deon, Deontay Johnson down the sideline, the back shoulder throw he threw to Pat Fryermuth. He seems much more well-equipped this year to deal with, with defenses and to counter what they do. And here's the thing. Like you said, the Niners, they're a team they have a talent across the board. They're a team that they love to disguise what they're trying to do. It, we saw him kind of un- see and understand what the Bills were trying to do to, to, to confuse him and their fake coverages and disguises. But again, it's preseason. Teams don't game plan as much uh, for, for their opponents in the preseason. The, the Niners will be game planning for the Steelers. But I think one thing that the Steelers have on their side is nobody has seen the real offense that we're about to see this year. Last year, they were extremely conservative. Kenny Pickett was a rookie quarterback. And now I think you're going to see a version of Kenny Pickett that there might not be a whole lot of tape on for the NFL to study. Yeah, I mean, everybody thinks, and I think they will be, I I think you'll see the run-pass ratio um, be close to 50-50 this year. I think it'll be a good ratio for the Steelers. But everyone thinks they're going to be this – smash mouth physical football team. I think they want to be that in a lot of ways, but what does Matt Canada always say when we ask him about um, Mm. his offense and opposing defenses, he's going to take what's given to him. And this is a San Francisco 49ers defense that was really good against the run last year. They got a lot of those pieces back. And if there's one question about this team, honestly, it's the cornerback play. They don't have all pros on the outside. Now right. they, they do in the back there, they do it safety. Um, and that's going to factor into this, but their corners are not as well respected as maybe others 
other positions on that defense. So, you know, people can be thinking, oh, the Steelers are going to come out. They're going to run the ball a lot. They could come out and throw the ball a lot in this game. They might want to establish the pass before they can establish a run in this game just because of a matchup thing. So it's a fascinating uh, first week one game. Um, you know, I, as I said at the top, I, I think it's going to be a really good gauge on exactly where the Steelers offense is going into the 2023 season. We want to focus a little bit on the offensive line. Ray wrote about Nick Bosa and the challenge that he's going to bring to the Steelers in the in the in this 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 week coming up here. Uh, Jerry Dulak also wrote about Pat Meyer. Let's focus on the offensive line in this next segment and what they're up against because they're also facing a former Steeler in Javon Hargrave and then how and how well he's played in the NFL. We'll break that and more down here on the other side of this break on the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm Chris Carter. He's Ray Filippo, but. I want to remind you guys, this show is sponsored by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in Pittsburgh. I can't emphasize this enough. That's Mike's Beer Bar on the North on the North Shore. Whether you're in for Steelers or Pirates or a, or a pit game, Mike's Beer Bar is right across the street from PNC Park. And the best thing to do when you're in the North Shore, not attending a, a sporting event, but trying to get ready for it or having a, a few drinks or a dinner after the game they have over 20 televisions so you can catch all your nfl college football pirates penguins riverhounds and premier league action right at mike's but also if you come in again they have over 500 different available beers and i mean over 500 different available beers there's you'll never run out of selections and if you want to try different local things that are that are in the area they have 300 different of the uh, different local beers available 80 different local craft beers available on tap right in front of you one thing i love to do is i go in and i order a flight and you get four different beers that you can that you can try out if you want to try out a sour if you want to try out a stout if you want to try out an ipa a summer beer a cold whatever you want to try mike's is gonna help you find your taste for the, for the different types of beer they have a great selection they also have great food try their steak on a stone for an awesome meal where you'll get your choice cut of steak and you can heat it up right in front of you on a heated stone where you cut a piece off press it into the press into the stone you can heat it to whatever temperature that you want your steak to be cooked at it's a great night out in pittsburgh come to mike's beer bar and get your sports fix and experience the best bar in pittsburgh and tell them chris sent you We're back here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, breaking things down. Ray, let's hyper-focus our, our conversation from a minute ago here to the offensive line. Now, this Steelers offensive line looked better in the preseason. It looked better at the end of last season. They've added Isaac Siomalu. Broderick Jones isn't a starter yet. Dan Moore Jr. kind of held down the fort in, in preseason. But Dan Moore Jr. is about to go up against Nick Bosa. And maybe this plays a role into why we're not going to see Broderick Jones right away this year. Because not only you got Nick Bosa, you got Miles Garrett, you got Max Crosby, you got a, a litany of edge rushers that are going to be coming off that left side that are going to be dangerous to, to Kenny Pickett. And you want a veteran who's Faced all faced some of these guys before, especially Miles Garrett and Dan Moore Jr. Ready for there. You wrote about Nick Bosa and the challenge that he's gonna bring Ray. How ready do you think the Steelers offense is to deal with a guy that's I mean, he's right up there with TJ Watt among the best edge rushers in football? Yeah, well, let's set it up first. Nick Bosa, reigning NFL defensive player of the year, 18 and a half sacks last season. One of the premier edge rushers in the NFL with Watt, Garrett, all those guys. Now he's still holding out. So there's every expectation that he is going to sign before the game on Sunday, but he is holding out, holding out. He's not holding in like TJ Watt did. So there are some questions about his, his conditioning, you know, where he's going to be, how much is he going to be able to play. But if he is Nick Bosa 
and he can come out and do Nick Bosa type things, that's going to be an awesome test for Dan Moore Jr. I thought Dan Moore Jr. was really solid throughout the summer, Chris. Not only in practice, but I saw some improvements um, with him and with his technique and his fundamentals in game action too. And I, I know it was limited. I know they only played five series, but you know I thought Dan Moore had a good preseason too. So um, you mentioned that this is a gauntlet to start the season. He earned the right to be the starter, but make no mistake, he's going to be tested right away. And if Nick Bosa can play a lot in this game, um, we're going to get a great idea of where Dan Moore is right now in year three. Yeah, because that's the one thing that's also kind of been like a, a floating story for the Niners was Nick Bosa's contract and what was going to happen there and how much is he going to get paid. I feel like this is going to be like a, one of those things where like Steelers fans are like, what about what about TJ Watt? When is he going to get signed? Nick Bosa's getting signed to a big deal by the 49ers. They're not letting anything go. and He's not missing week one. So stop any Steelers fans that are holding out that hope. Stop it. But I do think that there is a really good chance again for this this offensive line to set a tone how much they've improved because it's not just Nick Bosa it's Eric Armstead it's Javon Hargrave uh, the, these this is a group that has a chance to be the biggest game changers in as a defensive line I mean they're budding with the Steelers to be the best defensive front in football and the, and the Steelers have a great defensive front you got Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt and Cam Hayward and Larry Ogunjobi and and in the in those guys up front so this is interesting but this offensive line who did they get to go up against all, all offseason, all training camp, but those guys on the Pittsburgh Steelers yeah. as well? It makes me wonder, Ray, if they if if they are if this is gonna just be another not a day in the park, but another day on the job for the Pittsburgh Steelers where they don't have to like oh they don't have to look up and think, oh man, we gotta get ready for this scene that we've never seen before. It's more like a hey, you know what? They're pretty good, but so are the guys that we train against every day. Yeah, I mean it's interesting. Um on the surface, I think certainly with the coaching staff, there's a lot of familiarity with Javon Hargrave in the middle of that 40, <coughs> excuse me, 49ers defense. But look around that offensive line. I don't know that anyone on that offensive line played against um, Javon Hargrave in practice. Maybe Chutes, but you know, Chutes was Chutes was a tackle. He probably wouldn't have gone up against Hargrave a whole heck of a lot. Um, so I, you know, Mason Cole is really going to be tested. Javon Hargrave is one of the top interior defensive linemen in the NFL. You talk about Steelers having a high-paid front seven. How about that 49ers? What they're going to be paying Bosa, uh, Hargraves among <coughs> the highest-paid interior guys in the league. So, yeah, they got it going on. It's a really, really good front. And uh, I think this is where Isaac Sayamalu comes into play. I think a lot of success that the Steelers had in their limited run attempts in the preseason, Chris, was with their double team action and the ability to secure the first level and then have the guards and centers come off on linebackers. I thought the Steelers did that really, really well. They're going to have to do that really, really well in this game. You definitely want to secure the first level first, get some push against that uh, really good front, and then see what your running backs can do on the second level. Um, but, uh, yeah, this, this is a really, really good 49ers defense that I think just got really, really better with the addition of Javon Hargrave. Uh, agreed there. And and I think you also hit the second key here on top of this defensive line. Fred Warner might be the best linebacker in all of football. You know, for years, I think a lot of people said Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner's still up there, but he's he's kind of older. He's, he's on the back end of his career. He's got a year or two left. Fred Warner's in his prime. And he has looked dangerous for at least I want to say three seasons now. He's been he's been a top tier linebacker. He has yep. been a consistent threat. He plays the mic and he plays it very well. It is going to be a big key to keep him 
from getting to your running backs in the hole, which means you're right. They not only need to be able to block up the, the four-man defensive front that the Niners often show, they need to get to that second level, get a hat on Warner and keep him from being a, the disrupted force that he normally is so that guys like Najee Harris and Jalen Warren can get going in the run game, and then you can have that balanced attack against, against the 49ers. And again, if they do it against this group, not just Nick Bosa, not just Javon Hungry, but also Fred Warner, if, they, if the offensive line can win matchups against this group, I find it hard to find a, a another team that will provide different or more threats and more talent that they'd have to go up against all season long. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, this 49ers defense, um, if they're anything like they were last year, I want to say 16.3 points per game, right around 300 yards per game. I mean, they were a chore every single week. Um, and, you know, they found a way at the end, too. I give them credit. You know, Brock Purdy has to take over in December for that football team after the injuries to their first two quarterbacks, Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. And they don't miss a beat. You know, that defense led the way. Purdy made plays uh, when he had to, and it was a really, really good formula for them down the stretch. So um, I fully expect this 49ers defense and the Steelers defense to be like two Rams. I think they're going to go head-to-head, you know, <laughs> blow for blow in this game. I expect a game in the teens. I, I don't think we're going to see uh, either of these teams get into the 20s. I think it's going to be a 19-16, 17-16 type of game. I think it's going to be – uh, rough going here for these offenses um, in week one. Could be could very much be the case. We want to get you ready for week one with more things to look for this week as uh, kind of get you back in the grind for like what it's like for for a full week of getting ready for a game of football on Sunday. Ray and I will do that on the other side yeah. of this break here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar. We're also brought to you by some of our other sponsors, Savinas, Kane and Gallucci, Mesothelioma and Asbestos Lawyers with over 85 years of experience. Call them now for a free consultation. That's Savinas, Kane and Gallucci. Also brought to you by GameTime.co. If you're buying tickets for your favorite events, this shouldn't be stressful. That's where GameTime is the app that's fun and fast and easy to buy tickets for all your favorite sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They give you killer deals on last-minute tickets with a best price guarantee that can't be beat so that you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're about to have. Just download the GameTime app right to your phone, and when you do, you can book tickets even up to the last minute. If, if in their, their exclusive flash deals on anything from football games to basketball games to baseball games, concerts, comedy, theater events near you, Game time gets it all to you. And their best price guarantee can't be beat. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less somewhere else, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PITTPIT for $20 off your first purchase. Or go to their website, GameTime.co. Terms can supply, create an account, and redeem code PITTPIT for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, post-gazette.com for all of our content. Ray, let's get cracking here on the week, on the first week. Now, just a reminder for how things work. The Steelers will be practicing Monday, and then there's Tom on Tuesday where we get to we get to, uh, to get to talk to him for the first pregame press conference that uh, of the year. Ray, are there any big questions on your mind for Mike Tomlin as far as how the offseason went, maybe some players that you're looking to hear from injury-wise, anything there that the Steelers fans need to be aware of? Yeah, I guess two things going into week one. I, I think the big question that people want to know, and I don't know, that we're going to get a straight answer out of Mike, but how does Desmond King 
fit into this defense? Mm. Was he acquired to be a starting nickel? Uh, how soon would that happen? Is he merely a depth piece who could play inside and outside? Um, that's one. And then number two is the health of Larry Ogunjobi. Um, didn't play in any of the preseason games. Hasn't practiced a lot the last couple of weeks since they broke camp. Um, what kind of shape is he in? Uh, they did not put him on IR to start the season. Um, if they would have done that, he would have had to miss four games. So I suppose that is good news, but we don't really have a great handle yet either on how much he's going to play in week one or even if he's going to play in week one. We just haven't seen him out there a lot lately. Yeah, I, I agree. That's something that has to be counted for there. We, we talked, I talked about Larry Joby and his part in the Steelers defensive line a little bit earlier. We don't know for sure if he's going to be available right away or if he'll be, you know, when he will be available. Now, I, I, w- I will say, you know, that, you know, we, it, like you said, because they haven't put him on IR, there's a chance that they could have just been saving for that. And I also will say, Larry Joby is a guy who's dealt with a lot of injuries in his career. In fact, it was a, it was an injury that kept him from being with the Bears when the Steelers, you know, he failed their physical, he went back to free agency, and the Steelers scooped him up in the first place. It's something that he's dealt with a lot in his career, which makes me wonder, you know, that's not a great thing, but it also might be a sign that he could be ready to bounce back because he's done it before for the Steelers. Yeah, and that's very true, but also one of the reasons that the Steelers felt comfortable signing him to a three-year contract this spring was – he was going to be able to practice and condition more and be in better shape. I don't think, you know, the Steelers were expecting the Larry Ogunjobi they got last season. I thought it was okay, but, you mm-hmm. know, his sack numbers were down. Um, his tackles were down. Um, you know, what we talked about with Mike Tallman over the offseason was, well, he was pretty much like, hey, wait, Larry's healthy now. He's going to have a full offseason to condition. He'll be much better. Well, that really hasn't gone as planned. The summer didn't go as planned for, for Larry as far as playing time and practice time. So are we going to be back to what we got last year? Can he somehow piece it together and be better than he was last year, even if he doesn't practice a lot? I think those are all questions that uh, we need, need Mike to address here on Tuesday and you know Larry throughout the week as well. Let's also talk about, real quick, the Desmond King point here that you mentioned. He could line up in a lot of different spots for the Steelers. <laughs> What does he do for the secondary right now? Because Mika Fitzpatrick is your starting is, is a starting safety. Demonte KZ rolls in there. Keanu Neal's kind of like your your Nick your dime backer. You could bring him in and you could kind of roll rotate between three safeties with him. You know, Joy Porter Jr., Patrick Peterson, uh, and Levi Wallace are your top corners, but they kept both Elijah Riley and Shannon Sullivan, both who have shown that they can play in, a sl- in the slot on top of Patrick Peterson. But getting a Desmond King, to me, just looking at how he's been used in, in recent years, it kind of puts the idea that you're not going to have Patrick Peterson in the slot much this year. If you've got both Shannon Sullivan and a Desmond King, and and then you have Elijah Riley who can, who can rotate, rotate into this spot. What does the addition of Desmond King do for this secondary in your mind? Yeah, I think first and foremost, it does give you more depth on the outside. You actually have a fourth guy who can play on the outside now because Shannon Sullivan didn't really offer that um, as a number, as a number four corner. So you do have that flexibility, but you're right. Desmond King, um, has played in the slot. He's done it pretty well throughout his career, and he gives the Steelers options on the inside now. Um, I didn't think Sullivan or Riley played poorly in the preseason. I thought they both had their moments, Chris, but if you're looking for pedigree, if you're looking for guys who have maybe performed at a higher level in the NFL, then certainly King would, would be that guy. So uh, like I said at the top, to me it's a matter of how quickly can he acclimate uh, how quickly can he learn this defense? I think more importantly, how quickly can 
he earned the coach's trust to go out there and do what he has to do. So um, you're probably right. Like that whole talk about Peterson in the slot, maybe that goes away a little bit, or maybe Chris, maybe it's okay. We have another chess piece. Maybe we can go Patrick Peterson as a bigger slot against bigger receivers. And then maybe we can bump Desmond King outside if need be. I, I think Austin and Tomlin are still going to try to devise ways to do that. But uh, again, I think King is probably best suited to help this team right now on the inside in the slot. I'm right with you. The way that he plays, you know, he's also he's a, he's a smaller but stockier guy than some of their corners. They've they've opted to get some of these longer corners in here: Levi Wallace, Joey Porter Jr., Patrick Peterson, guys with you know longer arm spans. Desmond King's more of that smaller size, but he's also thick and physical. He likes to hit. He likes to get you know put his nose in the dirt and get and go get uh, tough tackles. And that's something the Steelers do one other slot. You know, you think back to that's what Mike Hilton did for so many years. That's what they kind of tried to do with Arthur Mollette. It didn't take as well. And Desmond King's a guy that's made. He's been an all pro granted as a returner, but he's also been a guy who's made plays on the football. In fact, last year you saw him kind of kind of stepping up. I believe he was with the Texans and made a couple of interceptions there. He's not going to be the game changer. He's not going to be the X factor, but I do think he adds another other role player to a defense that already has the stars that are going to set the tone. They just need more role players to fit in well. And he's another veteran who could very well do that. Yeah. I mean, listen, secondary depth, specifically cornerback depth was a concern before they got King. Um, let's see what, what he brings. Maybe, maybe he will be the missing piece. You know, James Pierre is still on the roster, uh, but maybe this just makes you a little bit deeper. So James Pierre is strictly a special teams player, and then you have more experienced guys who have done it at a higher level should there be injuries. And we all know what happens, Chris. Um, how many cornerbacks and defensive backs did the Steelers go through last season? It gets tough with injuries, especially in the back end, the way those guy, guys run, the way those guys um, unfortunately come down with soft tissue injuries. So you got to be deep in the back end, and this um, acquisition certainly made the Steelers – deeper and I think better in the secondary as well. Absolutely. All week long, we'll be getting you ready for Steelers Niners week one, the showdown at Acrisure Stadium with our full Steelers team, Ray Fittipato, Brian Batko, Jerry Dulac. They, they'll be on, at the facility all week long getting you all that no, news. Get that news at post-gazette.com. Subscribe there uh, to get all the news content through our paper, but also subscribe here to the North Shore Drive podcast for free on YouTube, on all your different audio platforms. Again, Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato, thanks so much for joining us here. Like this video if you enjoyed it. Subscribe to this channel to get all of our Monday, Wednesday, Friday episodes of the North Shore Drive podcast, as well as our daily content getting you ready. If you saw Pitt's beatdown of Wofford and wonder if they're ready for a team like Cincinnati, we'll have our Pitt mailbag between me and Noah Hiles coming out tomorrow on the Tuesday on our Tuesday show there, as well as tons of other content talking Pittsburgh sports right here for the Post Gazette. Again, from Chris Carden, Ray Fodpato, have a great start to your week, everybody. We'll see you Wednesday talking more Pittsburgh Steelers right here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For three months of digital access to post-gazette.com at 99 cents, click the link below in the description.